Hello listeners, it's Michael here, and uh, I just wanted to start off this little episode with a, just a little chat. Um, wanted to let you guys know that uh, we're formally very sorry for the hiatus. Um, we know it was a little bit longer than we were expecting. We said take a couple weeks off, and it ended up being a couple of months, but uh, you know, various circumstances caused us to have to take a little break. But that being said... We're back for season seven, and we're better than ever. This season has already been recorded, and it's a great one. I'm really excited for you all to hear it, and uh, if you, you know, are wanting to watch along with Stardust Memory, because it's an experience for sure. Anyway, this episode, we have the great Jan from The Gumpla Stop, and an incredible guest, an incredible episode, and we're just so thankful that he was able to join us. So if you could, please go over to his Instagram, YouTube, follow him on YouTube, subscribe, follow him on Instagram, give him a couple likes, let him know that he came from our podcast, and, you know, just share the love of the community, because truly an honor to have him on, and then, you know, enjoy this episode. So again, we're back. We'll be back next week and the week after and after that, and hopefully... No long hiatuses after that, but we're excited to hit the ground running and keep this project going, so we will talk to you soon. Bye. Hello and welcome to Gundam. I hardly know him book club style podcast where we tackle every Gundam series movie and OVA in release order it is season seven episode one and I'm your host Michael today I'm joined by my co-hosts and best friends we've got our certified lover boy Christian Christian what's your stardust memory uh dreams of you baby and uh, dreams of you <laughs> dreams of the people who listen to the show Dreams of Jan. I had a premonition. Oh, man. We're going to have a guest on the show? What? So exciting. Yeah. Love it. Um, we've also got Simon. Hey, Simon. Do you have any uh, Stardust memories? Dude, Stardust memory sounds like if you like do a bunch of like molly or something <laughs> and then like you just get like like images of like the night that you had or something. It's like, bro... I had a Stardust memory. I was on like the top of a semi truck, and then I was in like Southern Arizona. Yeah, it's kind of like I woke up in my bed. It's like blacking out, but for hallucinogens. Yeah, or it kind of sounds like you like just take a lot of pixie sticks and get like really hyper and then throw <laughs> up all over the floor. Yeah, like um, kids, <laughs> kids the day after Halloween. Stardust nightmare. Gundam <laughs> Stardust nightmare. Dude, that actually Spooky goes season. so hard. Like, uh, Spooky dude, the season. Font saying like Stardust. Yeah. And right, I'm we Simon, have, by the way, back from their mission to Jupiter, our old friend and yours. We've got Alex. Alex, if Stardust memory was a type of weed. Do you think it'd be more of a heady high, or do you think it'd put you in the couch? I would absolutely put you in the couch so quick. It'd be great. <laughs> and you all try to, you gotta try to lock me up, trying to claim it was a trip to Jupiter, but I'm out. I figured out the key. I broke out. The show's mine again. I'm taking over. <laughs> we, try, 
Motherfucker, we tried to put you in the brig, but you got out. <laughs> got Figured out. it out. Shit. How do you yeah. do it? Alex was uh, actually in the brig the whole all this time. Um, yeah, it was brutal. What do you get? That's what you get Thought for stealing stealing Christian's car. Um, I mean, he did leave the keys in it. Hey, but... <laughs> hey, wasn't stealing. It was liberating. <laughs> Liberated the car, saved some people. Mm-hmm. Um, and Debatably, t- saved some people. T- today's a today's a special episode. Today today's a really special episode because not only is it uh, episode one of season seven. I think it, it's getting close to our one year anniversary of doing the podcast. Holy shit! Um, no fucking oh way! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Not talk about a stardust memory. Talk about stardust memories. Today we're we're also joined by a special guest. Uh, you heard him on the fan reaction episode of Shars Counterattack, and you've seen him on his YouTube channel and his social media presence. A certified influencer, a quest hater, a Shar apologist. We've got Jan, aka Ooh. the Gumpla Stop, in the house on the episode. Jan, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, Stefan, as the folks at Chick Fil A like to say, it's my pleasure. Hell, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's great. Um, um, uh, I've I've listened to, to you guys' podcast for a minute. I mean, it's and. It's been it's just been a great journey, and I'm actually happy to be here because it's just you know just talk to like minded folks and just to have some fun with it. And uh, Stardust Memory is 100 percent edible. Throw you in the couch, possibly block out to the next morning. 100. percent Yeah, yeah. Break but in. you don't fuck with Stardust Memory again. No, no, it's like it's like the first. And you're like, wait, like I don't even remember <laughs> buying this, and then like you know, sure enough, it just passes on to the next person. Have you yeah, ever, it's a ever woken up behind like, the counter? <laughs> okay we get it we all smoke weed okay. <laughs> it's like stardust memory is like it's like that first time you have jaeger and exactly. you wake up the next morning with a banging headache and you're like never again drinking alcohol because it's just that bad that's exactly what it is that was literally like, my first time drinking Jaeger. <laughs> what if we like phrase like maybe stardust memory is you know that night when you just stay up all night reading a great science fiction novel that changes you your life, sleepy time tea, yeah, and then you just have the most restful sleep of your night, and then you're like, "That was a great Stardust memory I just had." No drugs, no alcohol, <laughs> just a great, a great science fiction novel, all about the stars or something like that. Yeah. Meanwhile, all your cat you... comes in the room and scratches you or something mid-sleep. That would that would definitely and be scratches perfect. Scratches you mid-sleep and you <laughs> get transported into the novel somehow, and then you have like a whole subplot. Yeah. That... You have a whole yeah three seasons. It's just like three the seasons beginning. in a movie about that. Yeah. Oh man. So, so Jan, um, uh, I thought. Yeah, go ahead, Christian. Oh, I, do you listen to us? Do you listen to the pod while you build your kits? So I listen to it. So I typically listen to your podcast on the way to work uh, in the morning just because. So I I live in St. Louis. uh, I commute. My commute is about 40 minutes uh, from home to work uh, one way. And uh, so the podcast is just a perfect length. Uh, Sometimes they're longer. I'm like, great. I'll have something to listen on the way home. And it lets me it helps me just not be engulfed with the BS of St. Louis driving because these guys (laughs) 
terrible. <laughs> I don't know what the I don't know what the uh, what the language allowance is on here, so I gotta I'm oh, kind of feel we, it we out. Al- you say whatever we allow anything. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Cool. So like, yeah, 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 it, yeah they're they're fucking terrible. <laughs> we're said as explicit. It, I, I'm pretty sure Simon said the word "bussy" on the show multiple times. So. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not a good podcast if you don't hear the word "bussy" at least once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're bussy certified. <laughs> <laughs> but we're but in a yeah, different no, we're in a different rank. <laughs> <laughs> like, subscribe, share. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, it, it it's it really lets me kind of just you know do you, do it's almost like an extension of the escapism that I use with my build my model kits. Um, I did listen to the I think it was your the Hathaway's Flash uh, reaction and the uh, Shards counterattack reaction while I was building kits, and I remember oh, nice. I like paused during the shards counterattack because i was waiting for someone to just go on a rant because i fucking hate quests i'm sorry dude like, <laughs> so I was, dude, dude I, I, I was so Uh-oh. happy like when i watched hathaway's flash and i was like a like a blink and you miss it reference to her i was like please mm-hmm. leave it at that i don't want to yeah. hear her voice just keep going <laughs> hathaway's about to risk it all for one you know for, for so it's, it's it's whatever man but yeah, no, I think, it's, uh, it's it's a great it's a great podcast, man. You guys are awesome. I really really yeah, hope you. you guys thank keep you. it going. And thank you so much. I think um I think between Hathaway between Shark's Counterattack and Hathaway's Flash, Hathaway did a lot of Stardust memory to try and forget all of that uh, stuff that happened with Quest. So that's that's why he doesn't yeah. bring it up. <laughs> Dude, I don't you blame could, like call your ex a Stardust memory too. Like this term is so <laughs> so useful. Like, yeah exactly it's like a jack of all trades term it's crazy (laughs) anyways those podcasts that you listen to on the way to work are like so sacred i lived in arizona for a summer and like phoenix traffic was really bad oh god and i think that like podcasts are like doing more work than any other like public works project of like keeping drivers from like colliding into each other like it is very 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 sacred i 100%. drive professionally and if i didn't have podcast i i would have ran my van into so many pedestrians by now oh my God. exactly <laughs> it again i um, don't blame anybody because it's it's just it really does help you just kind of again escape mm-hmm. like and that's what I keep. I, I, so we have we, we get into these tangent arguments at work about how, like, movies need to be more socially aware, blah blah. To drive points home, and I'm like, yeah, but media, like movies and movies, music and, th- and podcasts, things like this. Uh, a lot of people use them to to depart the ugliness of the world. Yeah. So how how however good however evident it is to draw attention to social issues, it's also good to. Hey man, this is something that people need, like mentally, to help cope with life. So it's while it's good, let's you know. Also, everything is moderation, man. Moderation is everything. So exactly, you really do need a break from the grind every once in a while. Like you know, we're inundated with the news and all this shit all day fucking long. Like I think there should be some space for a little break. And. Like, I mean, the people that are creating the podcast are, like, going through the same shit, you know? Yeah. It's like, they're not just these, like, we're not just these, like, clowns that just, like, shut off, like, until once a week when we record, yeah. like, anime. <laughs> we're, like, 
What are you talking Getting about? Frustrated at shit. Speak for yourself, Simon. <laughs> yeah, that's actually you so talk. true. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude, that, that, that uh... Michael spelled with a one instead of an I. <laughs> Christian spelled with a fucking like. The the, the scene from uh, Tron Legacy, whenever the four chicks just like turn on <laughs> and like act and like dress uh dress uh, I forgot what the guy's name is. Time but, to like, record a podcast. But like that's that, it's it's like ding, the room turns on. Yeah. Ah, it's Sunday. <laughs> My time has Dude, come. <laughs> eventually, eventually it'll all be AI. I mean, there will be no more personalities influencers. Okay, Michael. VTubers. Okay, I mean, Michael. What, like like okay. I mean at this point. We're, we're okay, basically Michael. living in a simulation, like the Matrix. You guys seen okay, that? Grandpa. Okay, that grandpa. Grandpa. Basically, real. Red pill, blue pill. It's fucking like. Honey, honey, honey. I love you so much. I love you so much. Okay. We've been together for so long, and I've been through for so much with you. But honey, you just need to be quiet for two seconds. Do you guys want to talk about? Do you guys want to talk about um Gundam Zero Zero Eight Three Stardust Memory? Well, I think yeah. Uh, Christian, sure. did you have some more questions? I do. I do. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So Jan, yeah, um, Christian, go ahead. Does Stardust Memory, the, the actual anime, uh, as opposed to the mythical drug we've been talking about this whole time, does it hold a special place <laughs> in your heart in terms of I the think, franchise? Yeah, man, it, it, it truly does. Cause, like, so 83 was my first departure from, I guess, what, what, what you could label as the mainstream. So, like... Back in the Tsunami era, I watched Gundam Wing when it. I watched like Gundam Wing when it hit Cartoon Network, like the that D Day that day, right. and I was like in, enamored with it. I'm like, this is oh my god, my little mind, my little high school mind like exploded. Actually, no, I was in eighth grade. No, yeah, I was in eighth grade at the time. So like, it just like, what is this robots? Like, oh my god, and then uh, after I've consumed all that, I'm like, you know, is there anything else? Mm. And I think I was telling, uh, so, so, so like I said earlier, there I went to uh, Blockbuster and they had 0083 in the anime in the anime section, and I think it was the first two episodes in the VHS, and I rented it, I watched it, and I was like, first of all, the animation blew me away. I'm like, oh right. shit, this is different. Uh, the the realism of it, and I I think you guys, I don't know if you guys, no, you guys haven't watched Oh Wait Team yet, have you? Not yet. We have not. So it's coming up and so like it, it's this. So 0080 started this uh, uh, contained story thing where it's real, it's contained to a few people. Although 0083 is a little bit bigger because it's a, it's a whole battleship. I mean, it's a whole carrier, basically. But uh, still, it's contained, relatively. Mm-hmm. And it's just this uh, story that just gets pushed on by, you know, and, and it was like, oh, my God, like, this is. And it was my first Universal Century story that I ever mm. saw. And, uh, and and I just loved it. It was my that, that first kind of like that first hit. And I'm like, all right. So and it was and when I started building kits, flash forward, you know, however many years uh, after I, I got the Gundam Wing uh, collection, I made it a, a point to track down the 0083 master grades. And oh, yeah, yeah there's there, there's somewhere back there. But but no, yeah, it was <laughs> the, 0083 is definitely definitely holds a special place in my heart. That, that was going to be my next question. Do you have some of the GP units? Do you have both of them? I have... Okay, hold on. Me. <laughs> okay. I Here have, actually, uh, the Perfect Grade GP01 right there. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I ha- and, uh, For the listener, okay. we're seeing uh, a beautiful, well-lit room full of 
incredibly meticulously built kits. Uh, there's a backlog. An incredible collection. We're seeing. And there, and there's oh. the yeah. rest of the the Oh, oh my god. Oh wow. Oh, oh fuck wow. yeah. Okay. Holy shit, that's amazing. Yeah. You even have the model of the little spaceship. Yeah, the, the so that so Johnny, uh, well, which you know, he has this love for the the dendrobium, oh, and uh, I, I I don't I don't have the, <laughs> I'm not I, I, like I didn't, it's too big for me. Yeah. So, uh, a big. I may eventually get just it for it. <laughs> I, I mean, I might eventually get it, but I just still think it's massive. Like it's, it, mm-hmm. but he, you know, he loved it. Johnny, for those of you guys, mobile suit black man. But that's his that's his baby. So I found the one five fifty scale, and I'm like, this will be just fine, and I'll just put it right. There. <laughs> yeah, because I'm more I'm more of a mobile suit guy. Uh, he's mm-hmm. more of a mobile armor kind of guy. So okay. yeah, I focus on the suits. The closest yeah. thing to a mobile armor I have at like one forty four scale would be the the Penelope. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah, the Penelope because even even the Z Gundam, even the Cassie isn't as big and bulky as the Penelope. Penelope's, Penelope's massive. massive. I I I also have the Penelope, and uh, it's a burden. It's a burden how big it is. So the Dendrobian, I can't imagine owning. <laughs> like I was putting that thing together, and I'm like, are, I'm like, are they serious? Is this thing for real? Yeah. Like, yeah, we made a plastic chicken. Like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is a plastic yeah. chicken. In the in 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 the movie, and and not to get off on a tangent, but in the movie, it looks so much cooler. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, the Penelope's kick ass, and then I see the model kit, and I'm like, I don't even want to touch it because that base that came with it is dainty. It's barely yeah. holding it, it up. Could, it it could wiggle. fall over at any moment. Yeah, but no, yeah, but yeah. To, long story short, double eighty three, mi corazón, right in my heart. Very special. My heart. Um, well, so so lucky to have you here for these first few episodes. So I really want to ask you, uh, what got you started on your YouTube journey? What what started that? So I gotta I gotta definitely give credit to a few other folks for that. So uh, Jared from Gunpla University, uh, Johnny again from Mobile, Mobile Suit Black Band, and uh, the Plomo Build Report. Uh, those three, uh, they were my first true one to one encounter with another content creator, and like uh, they had seen. I'm like, man, you know, I really enjoy the process. I really, I really want to share the love because this hobby really has helped giving me an escapism that I haven't felt in a long time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they were like, nah, man, you should do it. You should do it. You should go ahead and do it. And uh, I did it. I, I jumped right in, and they gave me feedback as the videos progressed and progressed. Uh, the only reason I kind of took a little bit of a pit stop was because i started feeling like it was beginning to feel like a job and not uh-huh. so much enjoyment so mm-hmm. i'm i might retool what i'm doing and then uh because i have in my backlog i have all uh well i think i, I think all the master grade or one one hundredth uh for seed mm-hmm. and one of the other folks that that we talked to uh his name is joe uh joey he uh dude he loves gundam seed and he said that the seed one master grades are some of the best out there so i'm like all right so i got the whole line in my backlog and i'm gonna that's what's gonna kickstart the next uh the next series of content okay cool and i might and i'm not trying to emulate anybody i just i'm just trying to show like hey quick snap build a little bit of sand some top coat panel lining and some decals and this is what it could look like nothing Mm -hmm. totally 
like I, I do paint every once in a while. I painted a tall geese. It's actually around here, uh, like a full on paint job, and that thing looks. Not to brag, I I love the way it turned out, but <laughs> but those kits, yeah. I'll give it a little bit of more attention because for, I am a Talkies fanboy. Talkies number one. Oh, Talkies uh, rules. But yeah, I will say your your channel is super easy to digest, and what I really appreciate is that I don't have to watch every single snip snap off the runner. I can watch you kind of like speed through exactly, it yeah. and build each, you know, yeah. the arms, the leg, torso, midsection, all that good stuff, and then I get to see the finished product. Like, fairly quickly. So, yeah, I really enjoy your channel, man. Good stuff. I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Always, I, I appreciate all the constructive criticism, and I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I don't, I, I'm not going to be under my desk crying later. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah. nah, you're smashing it. And I think, like, yeah, like Christian said, like, I don't know, there, there's a lot of room for different people to have their own experience Absolutely. within the hobby. and. I think I found it like, especially with everyone that you mentioned, Johnny and Jared and Plymouth Build Report, like just the nicest people, like so welcoming um, into the hobby, and they really make a lot of room for others. And um, I think that's why I gravitated towards them and you and that whole kind of um, the whole like crew and the community that, uh, especially on the Gumpel University Discord, like there's just a lot of I don't know, a lot of grace given to people new to the hobby or people that want to do different things creatively um so i don't know that's like just it's just such a nice forum that that's been kind of created in that community i think and it's funny you mentioned the group because last night on last night's uh stream uh joey oddly enough he had posted his a one year like hey this is my one year anniversary since starting to build and his progression was you know from a snap builder he started pen lining added water slides then doing full paint jobs then all when he when he went to the airbrush setup like you see this constant like right. leveling up it's it's like a like a like a freaking shonen anime this is not my final form <laughs> and it's uh <laughs> and it's great to see and even and then uh they all know that i'm a snap builder i don't i don't paint i don't do full paint on on all of them just a very very few and when I decided to do the tall geese and I started like masking, I mean, dude, I went, I mean, I have two exacto knives. I mean, I went full in and uh, some of them were like, man, it's, re it's really great to see your progression. And that, that little affirmation just really mm -hmm. made me want to do it even better. And this oh. is, and I've yeah. said this before and I'll continue saying it until, until the sun turns off or whatever, like uh, this community for the most part, has been an extremely positive community. Very good people. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the uh, and it's just it's great. It's a great place to come to and enjoy something that you can share the love with everybody else. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. just seeing the community just always supports each other too. Like you, I'm always on Instagram, I'm always seeing one creator be like, "Yo, check out this creator, this other one." And I love that interaction of everyone. Well, I think it's because, like, so many people share your sentiment in which, like, the second that it starts to feel like they're doing work or they're, like, you know, really kind of putting other parts of their life on hold, they, like, I think the, like, the Gundam community specifically kind of knows when to just, you know, like, dial it back a little bit because I think it is so easy to kind of be like, okay, at the end of the day, like, 
I am just assembling a plastic model and like filming it and like it looks beautiful but like this there is no like Johnny said a similar thing like there's no reason to let this thing control my life and the second you let that go mm-hmm. it just becomes yeah. the most enjoyable thing yeah. ever because you're like wait yeah. this rules like I guess I just get to build like plastic models and make them look really fucking tight like I don't know there's no there's no like weird pressure from like you have to you know become an influencer and you have to do all this stuff like I think that pressure exists in like other communities even like in other like diy communities but Mm -hmm. i don't know we're holding out in gundam or Uh, yeah Yeah, you're allowed to have whatever relationship you want with it and this brings me to my last question i've i've taken a bit of a hiatus from from building Uh, for a while there at the start of the pandemic and as the podcast started going i was it was one of my main escapes and i loved every second of it and then after a while i got to feel like a little bit of a obligation so I've been on a break, and I watched a couple of your YouTube videos, and you you mentioned that you had been on a somewhat of a hiatus. What brought you back to building kits? So, and and that's man, that's a, I love that question because I think everybody has a different answer, and you know I'll drop my little two cents in the bucket for that one. I so I, I again, there's a point where it begins to feel repetitive, and because I mean, dude, if you if you only focus on Federation suits, you know most of these suits are basically the same to a point right so you're going to start feeling repetitive um even even more so like for example you know i'm a glutton for punishment but i love the gym 2 master grade frame i have five suits Mm. three of them in the backlog that all share the same inner frame so you're literally building the same thing uh i I built the gym sniper i actually built the gym sniper three times in three different ways so uh because this will be my (laughs) third one will be so i'm doing this like theme series for like every i'm doing a, a master grade per every branch of service and uh the the, the gym two for me mm. is perfect for the army and i'm like ah that one is it so i just bought another one so i've had, this is my third one for that specific suit so to go back and not get on not get on a tangent i i take a break i you know just kind of relax spend time with my wife uh do house stuff and then um i come back slowly i'll grab a high grade or i'll grab uh, or, or I'll grab a kit that I finished and, hey, you know, let me fix this panel line here. Just slowly. Touch it and, up uh, a little bit. That's literally what happened with the Toggies. I I was in the middle of my, of my of a break, and I'm like, you know what? I really think this thing needs some attention. It was the first kit that I built when I came back into the hobby after the Toonami era model kits. And so let me let me see how I can improve it after some things that I've watched and learned. So I grabbed some putty. I grab my sanding sticks. Uh, I grab I, I okay. grab my exacto knife and I use it as a part separator because I don't I don't have one. So I, I just slowly just taking it apart little by little. <laughs> and I, dude, I mean, I sat here like in yeah. this literally this very desk right here. And yeah, that was another work in progress. So don't worry about that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I sat there and I just filled in the holes and just it 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 really it brought it. The serotonin was in full force when I when when uh. So it right, yeah. It's so now back I'm like, oh, wherever man. we can get it. Oh yeah, definitely, man. Uh, <laughs> I uh, so last night I was in a Zoom call with other with a few other builders, and I'm like, man, I just built the high grade Gundam Age kit. And I'm like, you know, I have this P Bandai expansion kit for the high Nuvar car. Let me dive, let me dive into it. So I started building it, and it's just this is how I'm slowly getting back into it because. 
I got some master grades over there that I know that are going to kick my ass, but they're going to be right. beautiful when they're done. Actually, I'm getting expired to jump back in just listening totally. to you. So, Dude, do, do it, man. Yeah. Just do it slowly. Just do it at, mm-hmm. at a manageable. My, my whole thing is do it at a pace that you can enjoy and that right. brings you that level of enjoyment and fulfillment is key. Like, I mean, even at, uh, and I tell you this, so I used to be a supervisor, a team lead before I took this most recent position that I'm at right now. And I told, I told my guys, fulfillment is key. Like if you are, if you are feel fulfilled in whatever tasks you're doing, not to, not to rinse and repeat and say, if you enjoy your job, you don't work a day in your life. But truly, if you find some key of fulfillment in whatever you do, you know, you'll enjoy it. Same thing with this. If you love the way that the kid looks at the end of the day, you're like, ah, I'm that's good. true. Yeah, it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be some craziness, you know. Totally. Um, Go ahead. So, Christian, I'm going to butt in here real quick before uh, Simon gives us some background on zero 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 eighty three. I did have a couple just quick fire questions. I wanted to fire Jan's way. Um, so, real quick, uh, favorite Gundam series movie or OVA? <laughs> ah, oh man, it's a dead tie between 0083 and okay. OATH team. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite Gundam slash Gumpla design. These are horrible questions. Uh, Horribly hard, I should say. Oh, uh, dude, you know, you, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead the same and, thing. I, 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 it, you know, it, that's like that's like when you asked uh, that's like when you asked Johnny what uh like if he'd rather game or build Gumpla. <laughs> <laughs> I about lost it when I heard, when I heard Simon's response. What the fuck, man? <laughs> but uh, I think that in in the Gundam Mark II edges out. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. The, the GP the yeah, GPO yeah, yeah, one yeah, yeah. the GPO one full Burnham is like right there, and the Mark II is like right there. Oh, I love the Mark II taste. Um, and then last quick fire question: What was the last Gundam uh, media you consumed before watching this? Uh, for the podcast uh episode three of 0083 uh into into battle albion 100 <laughs> percent. um all right simon yeah let's let's hear some background on uh on this show on this ova all right so we've been throwing around the term stardust memory a lot but, but what does that even mean <laughs> um so okay the release schedule for this show, if you, like, we live in a society. I've said it before. I'll say it again, okay? <laughs> but we live, like, you can watch, you can 100% almost any show, like, the fucking day it comes out now, you know? The way that this was released is so the first two volumes, the thing that you probably picked up at Blockbuster, was released, um, like, Japan 1991, and then subsequent volumes, so this is like a 13-episode OVA, was released one like once every one or two months <laughs> following that. So like you just had like this arbitrarily long amount of time that like you're getting a 20-minute episode too. It's not like you're I don't know. It it's very, very unique for the time. Um so it basically the 13 episodes aired between May 23rd. 1991 and September 24th, 1992. Damn, wait, we're going to, like, finish it up. Yeah, we might September finish. 24th is coming up. Never. Anniversary. Um, the anniversary. I don't know. Crazy. Anyway, it was released. <laughs> exactly. It was released 
in the U.S. in 2002, January 22nd, 2002, probably during the Winter Olympic Games in Salt Lake City. Oh, um, good call. So <laughs> there's probably like a non-zero. Okay, let's start a rumor that like an Olympic athlete like watched this the night before they competed in like ski jumping or some shit. And that's what like they're like, fuck, like seeing the blast off of like that mobile suit. Like I get it now. Um, That's crazy. Okay, uh, so, but the whole point of this uh, show coming out and why I think it's so satisfying for so many fans of the series is because it fills the gap in between 0079 and then, like, yep. when all this, like, Titan bullshit happened, right? Like, there's, like, we, like, when we were thrown into ah, Zeta, we were, like, the what bullshit. the heck? <laughs> yeah, the, ah, the Titan bullshit. Ah, these fuckers. Um, but, like, where did they even come from? So, hopefully, uh, that um might get answered uh in stardust memory or at least it gives a little bit more context um so that's kind of like the history of the show coming out um i mean we can go into reviews on like the final episode but like so far so good um so this was not directed by tomino obviously tomino was like credited for all like all of the like characters and shit um but this was directed by a gentleman named takashi imanishi um who prior to directing all 13 episodes of this so he co-directed with another person named atsuko kasi or i don't know it's k-a-s-e i don't know the japanese pronunciation of that but anyway they kind of tag teamed every single episode of this um and prior to this he's only he only directed another mecha anime that was called blue comet spt Lasner, which was about like the u.s x ussr cold war on mars with like an that alien invasion That's i don't cool. know it looks really cool yeah it was produced by sun it was produced by sunrise so they probably kind of it seems like sunrise you know like the olympics just kind of like raises these <laughs> athletes through their program yeah because then takashi was oh um and takashi also directed two episodes of uh double zeta too so he kind of had it he dipped his toes um his directing out of the franchise waters the gundam water every um, every time you say to takashi every time you say takashi i think you're gonna say takashi <laughs> six nine it's so my, crazy my, like takashi six nine my brain is broken he, he directed... <laughs> yeah, i was really yeah, yeah. trying hard not to say six nine at the end of that every time oh, you motherfuckers oh, again we live in a society okay i will i said it before i'll say it again but uh takashi imanishi um, after this, just, like, fucking kept, like, he, um, was a pretty, uh, regular director of Gundam stuff. He, I think, like, became a very prominent one in Igloo again. Um, but, uh, Atsuko Kasi, the other one, um, wasn't credited with anything until 2009, in which he directed one episode <laughs> of a, like, cooking anime which seems like kind of sick. It was like it like takes place in like Italy and it's like ratatouille but like no rats and like more people and it uh. looks like it looks like really like all the food like I don't know. I love anime food and it's like 2009 so this is like post like Ghibli stuff kind of like hitting the hitting the um eyes of US audiences so it's probably really nice. Mm-hmm. Um and then I also wanted to mention really quick um this uh this game had a specific or this uh show had a specific video game uh that came out along with it oh really um 
Yeah, called Mobile Suit Gundam 0083 Stardust Operation. It was released for the PC-98, which is, like, <laughs> a personal computer only made in Japan. <laughs> cool. Um, and, uh, yeah. Oh, and, okay, but, the like, the theme song for this, the only reason I bring this up, because the theme song for this uh, video game is, like, one of... It goes so fucking hard. And, like, Michael, you can insert it at any point yeah. in this episode. Yeah, just I ima- imagine it, of yeah. it. Imagine it playing right now. Because that's that'll look, yeah. the whole time actually i'll give you a sound bite uh-huh. play it now and but then you i guess you put that at the beginning mm-hmm. i don't know it's kind of like inception um anyway <laughs> other than that the only other thing i found about this is there's this one dude that like wrote for forbes who was claiming that without this show there would be no cowboy bebop well i've never seen cowboy bebop but apparently it's a pretty popular anime wait. Yeah, that was very popular. You, you might have seen very, some of that's it. That's a very at my bold house. claim. Yeah, I don't know why. What's that, that? I don't know why that they would say that that would be the inception for Cowboy Bebop, but I think it's. I mean, it was also like Sun. I I don't really know how animation studios work, but Sun. It's a lot of the same like people. This was the first anime they worked on, and then a lot of those people worked on Cowboy Bebop. But it was almost certainly just a clickbait thumbnail. Yeah, what's up, Alex? Qualification. Are you talking about uh, Stardust Memories or this cooking show? Oh, no, 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 no. Stardust Memories. Okay. Without the cooking show, there would be no food. (laughs) Okay, okay, thank you. Thank you for clarifying. (laughs) The cooking show is really influential for Italian cuisine. But that's... I mean, there would be no Olive Garden... The cookie show probably helped out, you know, with the, all the no new recent food porn on freaking anime for some reason. Exactly. Anime has no Ex- reason. The food in anime has no business being as good as it looks. Oh my oh, god! Oh my god! It's just I'm over like, here like, why, what? why, why are you doing yeah, that? Man? You can like slurp a steak down when it looks like gelatin. It's like, uh, I don't know. I want that. But that's fascinating um, to know. Simon. And then, yeah, what's up? Simon, thank you so much for doing that um, and filling us in on those yeah. details. Before before we continue, I just, wanna, I just want to take a pause real quick. Um, Christian, what the fuck are you drinking? Thank you, Michael. I've been wondering that <laughs> Wait, for the last Christian, 30 minutes. Hold, Christian, hold up your drink, you coward. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Fucking <laughs> 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 paradise looking ass. Look at this guy. <laughs> it's champagne. Christian's like, getting ready to fall in love. <laughs> Is that uh, is that like rosé sparkling wine? No, oh, it's cranberry juice and uh, champagne. If you're gonna record a podcast, you got to do it right. Whoa. 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 Wait, why do you have champagne? Because I do, Alex. Because I do. <laughs> why don't I have champagne? Hey, you know, it's actually you know, I'll I'll I'll, I'll stick I'll stick up for him on this, man. Some sometimes you gotta you need to be able to drink champagne normally, man. You don't. You know, it's not always. What? 
a celebratory mm-hmm. beverage, man. Just say, hey, I want to crack it open. Poof. That's a good call. What? What? It's bear, like bear. the same, like stores year round sell birthday cakes and pinatas. Like there is nothing <laughs> stopping you from going and buying one of those at yeah, any time. This is a celebratory occasion. This is a set. Alex is back. Exactly. He's we back. And we got a guest, Dan. So here we it's, go. And it's been Cheers. a year. It's been a year. All right. <laughs> Um, ah. I'll cheers to that too. Wait, Alex, what the fuck are you drinking? <laughs> I'm drinking a uh, Earl Grey tea with oat milk. Oh, oh soy boy, a man of taste. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Alex, I'm God. fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Al- Alex is the pledge now. You have to earn your way back to the podcast. I got, oh, I got, don't, you, when you give me my soapbox, I think I'll get my way right back. All right. <laughs> All right. Strong words. Let's see it. All right. Let's, uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, episode one of Stardust Memories. Um, so yeah. Simon and I kind of touched on this earlier today when we spoke, but, um, it feels like we've been doing some side quests recently, like, War in the Pocket, F91. Like, mm-hmm. these aren't, like, mainline stories. Like, this is, like, you're, you're playing Breath of the Wild, and you just need to get, like, some more supplies before you go fight Calamity Ganon. So you're, you're doing some side quests. You're getting some new armor. But now yeah, it feels like we're back armor. to the main quest. Yeah. We're back into the to the UC timeline. We got Gundams. We got Zeon. We got Fetties. We're, we're back. Mm-hmm. But what I really want to talk about is... This episode, episode number one, it's called Gundam Jack. Gundam. When do you talk about this? Simon. Gundam Jack? (laughs) Simon, what does Gundam Jack mean to you? Okay, so Gundam Jack? Oh, man. Dude, you're like setting me up for failure. (laughs) I know exactly what you want me to say. It's a cheese. It's a cheese, right? <laughs> Gundam Jack cheese. Oh my god, that's very good. Also, like, I don't know. That's like the first day of third grade. Like, there's this new kid from Ohio, and he came in, and all that we knew about him is he had a big Gundam backpack, and we learned a couple <laughs> weeks later that his name was Jack. And after that, it was all fucking over. Yeah, that's like, just, that's kid, his name for the rest of the year. That's his name now. That's so no, funny. Gundam Jack also sounds like... A Gundam Jack also sounds like a wrestling move for, like... In a like mm. a sort of like Gundam WWE yeah. situation. Gundam, Gundam. There's, I mean, there's. Um, Go ahead, Christian. And so Gundam Jack sounds like um, the only other relative at a crawfish boil that's into Gundam. So let's, <laughs> let's talk about Gundam Jack. Talk about that Gundam. I, like, uh, I was just I was expecting halfway through the episode to hear some. Someone in a mobile suit, you know, Gundam Jack, and be like some ultra power ultimate move, like in every classic shonen. <laughs> Gundam Jack! <laughs> three episodes to power up the move. Wait, maybe they oh finally God. gave a term. Maybe they finally gave a term. Like, you know how in like German, there's like, oh, it's like there's a sound, or there's like a word for like the sound of rain falling on a lake, and like you just don't have that in English. Yeah. Like they finally gave a term to what inevitably happens in every single series in which somebody <laughs> steals a mobile suit. It, it's called a Gundam Jack. Like, I just Gundam Jack this suit. <laughs> I feel like we've we mentioned this idea several times on the podcast already, but there should be a Gundam Theft Auto 
video game. I mean, as many times as Gundams oh. get stolen in this show. Come on, Rockstar. Rockstar. Come on, come on, Rockstar. Yeah, don't I'm be a, cowards. I'm not Cowboy <laughs> Game. I don't want Cowboy <laughs> Game. Dude, I, I, have, I haven't even played Red Dead yet, and I, and I, I keep wanting to like jump in. Like, uh, do I? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> but no, but like, like too much. So I just uh, not not to be like the the sensible one, but it's like when I saw the word Gundam Jack, I'm like. Oh, good! They finally made a term for the inevit- inevitability that yes, gonna steal a yeah. freaking mobile suit. Oh no! What's oh, gonna wait. happen on today's oh, episode? Man. I don't know. What yeah, do you think? it's, it's epi- episode one of any Gundam series. Like we know, it's a foregone conclusion. Like there's gonna be a Gundam Jack. Yeah, like that, that has to happen. It was, was say, it, it was refreshing to get back in and to see both a Gundam be stolen and a base be destroyed. Yeah. And someone being a Gundam they shouldn't be in. I was like, yeah. okay. Especially that yeah, home. I I like, oh, same ah. shit. Yeah. Familiar. So I was, t- I was connecting the dots earlier today and I was watching the episode. I'm like, isn't this the Torrington base? Doesn't this base get like wrecked at least once per series or something like that? You think that the base would, I don't, I don't know, maybe put, I don't know, maybe put a few bigger guns maybe put some heavy yeah. mobile suits i don't know man nah. figure it out dude because you guys get wrecked every other show <laughs> no it's part of it's part of the budget it's just that rebuilding like that's allocated money for you know it's like, we gotta spend this money economy. man it's in the budget we yeah. gotta do it <laughs> but it's like simultaneously where we keep like top secret like fucking mobile suits <laughs> like cutting edge know, weapons <laughs> It's like, hey, yeah. by the way, this is the Torrington base. Yeah, didn't you guys get shelled like a few weeks ago? Yeah, but it's fine. We put we we rebuilt everything. Oh, by the way, yeah. I'm here to no. pick up the nuclear warheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so this uh episode one opens up with a prologue set during the Battle of Abaku, the final battle during 0079. And it introduces us to a Xeon Ace pilot called Annabelle Gatto. Um, who seems to be the bad guy for this OVA. So we, we straight up, we were introduced to our bad guy pretty uh, pretty early on. Um, and so it's during the Baku battle in his ship, um, he and his ship, they learn about the deaths in the Zabi family. And basically at this point, the battle's a foregone conclusion. Like they're, they're losing the battle. Zeon's losing. So um, mm-hmm. their ship, they flee the battle to kind of fight on another day. Um and so, uh, Jan, I wanted to hear what you thought about this uh, continuity between 0079 and 0083 in the opening scene. Do you kind of like how it kind of stitches together these two um, shows kind of, you know, and adds like kind of makes the timeline clear? And if you haven't named one of oh, your yeah. cats, Annabelle Gatto, why haven't you done that yet? <laughs> <laughs> Man, this Annabelle is... Gatto. Gatto. This is... This is a, a, I don't know if it's an unpopular opinion or whatnot, but I think Annabelle Gato is kind of a punk. But uh, <laughs> uh, you like in if you know in the recap, if if I don't come back or whatever, like I'll send you a message and tell you why. But you need to watch the whole series first for me to tell you right. this is why yeah. Annabelle Gato is a punk. But anyways, we'll get, uh, we'll get there. The uh, so, so, but no, yeah, I think the that's one thing that I really enjoy about Double Eighty Three. It stitches everything together pretty good enough to mm. really not leave you, you know, like oh, what like these big, these big elements that move around around it that have moved around around it, and then this just kind of at least strings you along enough that that you know you're not asking these big gaping questions because 
you, know, you start at about at the Battle of Abaku, and then you pick up what three uh, three years four years later. You know, uh, mm-hmm. math is hard. Uh, <laughs> but it, but it, you know those four years. You know, again, it gives time for things to have happened. But uh, good day. But uh, yeah, no, it's it's seamless in my opinion. Sorry for the yeah, long I, I was, I, My cat was distracting me, and I was like... <laughs> no worries. No. Also, never apologize for a long rant yeah. on this podcast. Like, that is our bread and butter, Exactly. Uh, and, in the last episode, uh, Christian talked about the Pixies uninterrupted for 10 minutes. Sure. <laughs> oh, uh, Christian, I listened to the Pixies in the meantime. You're right. They do fuck. They do. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. yeah. No, it's okay. It's okay. You're right. You have good taste. Uh, yeah, I felt, Alex. Uh, I wanted to also hear your opinion on this opening, seeing as it was your reintroduction to the series, coming back from a little bit of a, a hiatus. I loved it. It's. I think my whatever version I watched didn't include the very beginning of your description. Like oh, no. my kind of code opened when they were at the base. Oh okay. shit! Okay. So that's weird. Which I thought it was just like a. I thought it was just like a cool cold open to them to being on the mm-hmm. being at the base with the new characters. And I was like, oh, this is a really cool way to kind of like have a little bit of intro music. But yeah, yeah, I really like a, I really like that. We're not focusing on the main characters from uh, 79. Mm-hmm. And I really like, like, I think my favorite so far has been the tie in of like knowing Agato is the nightmare of Solomon. And like, you don't know about him until this, but like, it's yeah. just like really cool to be like, yeah, he had like, you can c- kind of see the effects of the war on all the federation people yeah it's a little bit like fan servicey but not in like an annoying yeah. way like it's just like i don't know it's... i think in war in the pocket they did it really well where they talked about the white base for like one second and you're like the white yeah. base like i remember that and they kind of mm-hmm. do it in yeah. here and like obviously this is a little bit more streamlined into that story but it's so satisfying to be like we're a part of the inner circle of this show and like yeah, we, it, we know why things are happening, or you know where this fits in the timeline. And I say these are like my favorite type of shows when they when they're not the main story, but they're involved in the universe and it just builds the world so much right. more. And it like yeah. for me, it really solidified that the war did happen. It was mm-hmm. a really big deal and it affected everyone. That's and totally. even seeing like it makes sense. People, the young people, haven't given up the hope to fight, and I really like that. That is now being explained to be like, yeah. They didn't all just disappear because the family died. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it has it has a lot of that like um, post uh, post the original Star Wars trilogy before the prequels came out, like when all the expanded universe novels were coming out, and it's like just like all these like little stories that you can use your imagination to find. And I feel like we you could do that so easily in the Gundam universe as well because there's so many like little fr- factions that could split off and do different things and. You know, I know we don't have enough time to read all the mangas, but, you know, I'm sure that they're doing a lot of expanded universe type stuff in those as well. I think Christian kind of touched on some of that <clears throat> recently, but. And this this first episode felt very much like Top Gun. It had very much that, like, like aesthetic, you know, and the the banter between the pilots, you know, and the, the, mm-hmm. the, the macho, uh, I don't know what you call it, <laughs> toxic masculinity. Uh no, dude. Uh, even cool thing even the song having... is like, yeah, it has like Top Gun energy. Like this, even the song does. Oh I yeah, think. 
the dude that directed it prior to this um his like other his first like big series that he dir- or um yeah the fr- another big series that he directed in addition to the two episodes of Zeta Zeta was like this um kind of like cop drama type like um anime in which it was very much like james bond is the main Mm -hmm. character and all these beautiful women love him so much and like i mean obviously like those you know don't age super well now but they have like a very distinct time and place and like like top gun i'd say i put that in the same category of like you know older james bond movies where it's just like you know hot shot guy so like that that in in after this he continues to make um you know like uh anime that kind of has that theme which like seemed to be like super popular um in japan at the time or else they Mm -hmm. wouldn't be making it probably because they could like they could release that in america and know that it's like oh they would love this shit shit. like americans americans (laughs) love it when we put like you know people of power with like you know women like drooling over them like solving crimes and stuff but uh, it's our it's our favorite genre yeah yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah uh, 100% man like 0083 like I call it Mobile Suit Gundam Top Gun like that's yes. how I refer to it <laughs> yes. because so like when you get to the second half of the of the series with it, when it does the second opening if you think mm-hmm. this one dude the second opening is like even yeah, more yeah. Right. there you it, go it, it's it, the the show definitely exudes this it's like uh, and I even wrote it in one of my notes I put uh Double Eighty Three is definitely Mobile Suit Gundam Top Gun. If Maverick was a new, yes, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. and uh, I, I want to see they are very bad at flying the plane. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Tom Cruise play this character so bad. He looks like Tom the Cruise, like, like Tom Cruise. Yeah, like Tom Cruise with straighter so, uh, hair. Tom Cruise so, plays I don't this know. character. Owen Wilson plays Keith. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. Richard Branson plays the really old <laughs> withered man. Dude, oh my god, man. Like so uh, like Lieutenant Burning, dude, he cracks me up because I'm like, you got need to find some dude, Sam Elliott can play freaking yeah. Lieutenant Burning yeah. for all I care. Just some old, leathery, just like grizzled dude. Just like yeah. you know, like that guy. Oh, love him. And uh I bet he like I mean, smells like mold. <laughs> Smells smells like a smoking jacket, you know. Yeah. He probably likes the bourbon, but uh, but no, yeah, like uh, definitely, dude. Double eighty three is. T- I think I've read it somewhere, man. I have to find it, but uh, because Johnny and I were talking about it, and he said that uh, there's somewhere in there that they double eighty three took a lot of influences from American uh, military. Like, sh- like and Top Gun was yeah. one of the big ones that 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 motivated that that really took the framework. But no, dude, hundred percent. Yeah, you can definitely see that. Um, definitely. Um, so after that cold open, the show jumps to UC zero zero eighty three to a Federation base located on Earth, uh, where we are introduced to our main characters. Um, so we're introduced to our pra- protagonist, Ko, a young, promising but inex- inexperienced Federation test pilot, and his friend Chuck Keith, who is also a test pilot. Uh, and Dick Allen, who's another member of their team, and then also to South Burning, their commander. Um, while at the Federation base, a space, car- uh, space carrier named the Albion delivers two Gundams to the Federation base, the GP-01, or Unit-1, 
uh, a Gundam desi designed for nuclear defense in the GP-02 or Unit 2, which is also a Gundam, but it's designed to carry nuclear warheads. Um, and then we are introduced to two other important characters, uh, Nina, Nina Purpleton and Maura Bosht, uh, both who work for Anaheim Electronics and are there to help develop the new mobile suits. Um, so out of all of our characters, who kind of stood out to you all um, from this first episode as an interesting character? Alex. I'm a Nina simp and she's better than Sayla. Ooh. That's insane. Ooh. Coming in with the hot <laughs> takes. <laughs> What a, what a crazy thing to say to Michael, Alex. <laughs> Dude, Told you, I had some things to say. Michael, it reminds me of the freaking, right uh, what is it, the, the Ralph Wiggum <laughs> meme when he gets just gets thrown through the freaking glass. <laughs> I was just out there, boof, Nina. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I just hit a, hit a like, dab rig of uh, Stardust memories right now. Oh, like just I, I, I just feel like... Like, how I, could you not... <laughs> How could you not fall in love with Nina when she's standing what? on the bridge looking at the ocean and being like, oh, the ocean's so beautiful. It change It's the same, but it changes colors all the time. Yeah. I mean, Nina's, <laughs> Nina's elite. Like, I, I definitely love Nina Purpleton. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, gonna, I'm not ready just to write off Sayla. Um, I, I actually have a note in, for later about Sayla, but um, for now, I will say Sayla's that. Sayla's around here somewhere. I still, yeah, I agree that Nina's, Nina's awesome and definitely want, a good I character. Want... I want more Bosch to hold me in her arms. That's what I want. Oh, yes. absolutely. Ideas. I, I, know. I, I am in love with her as well. Um, He's an Amazon but, queen. Uh, I want to fall asleep on top of her while watching like American Ninja Warrior. At like an Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't feel like exploring, just felt like staying in and chilling for just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> No, 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 no. Um, so like any Gundam story, as we've touched on, the first episode ends with Anna Valgado hijacking Unit 2 um, just after its nuclear weapons are loaded. Uh, and then our unproven pilot, Ko, uh, gets in GPO-1, uh, Unit 1, in an attempt to stop him. Uh, so my burning question of the week for everyone to answer is... question you're in this universe you're gonna steal one of these mobile suits which one are you taking are you taking unit one or unit two i'm gonna start with christian oh. first christian go ahead are you a top or are you a bottom <laughs> i'm not gonna tell you which <laughs> and the answer you give reveals a whole lot no um yeah I'm a GPU one simp. Uh, I'm in love with that design and that suit, even though it's not really all that innovative. Uh, some people would say it's mm -hmm. not all that interesting. I just immediately was in love with it. So GPU one, I'm sorry. You're, I'm not afraid of the chomp, one fan. but I'm a unit one yeah. fan. All right, mm -hmm. Jan, Jan, what, which one would you steal? Unit one or unit oh, two? Man, you know, I'm gonna I'm a, I'm a go with the same trend. I, I mean, dude, I don't buy a perfect grade if I don't if, if I don't like it. So that's, that's, that's a good point. The GPO one, GPO one all the way. I I think that it really feels like a refined. I mean, it is a refined RX seventy eight, mm -hmm. and I liked how you know like the V just the V fin. Everything looks functional. It, you see antennas. You see, it just looks. I don't know modular in, in design. 
Uh, I love me the chunky boys though. I have some thick boys up here. I got the you know all the all the bigger boys, but dude, I don't know. GPO one just looks functional and gets the job done. Yes. Yeah. All right, Alex. What are you saying? Unit one, unit two. Okay. I like the way unit two looks more, mm-hmm. but I would have still unit one because I feel like it's like unit one seems way more sleek, way way faster. Mm-hmm. And that type of fighting style vibes way more than me than sending me out with a giant ass shield and big. That's gun. true. Yeah, I've played. I've played against you in soccer, and you're more of a unit one than a unit two. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Simon, uh, what what are you thinking? I think I know what you're gonna say, um, but yeah, I mean, like I have over and over and over displayed my love for thick Gundams. So, like... <laughs> when i saw unit two um i was salivating (laughs) i'm with you i'm with simon on this unit two like is fast like remember when they were fighting and like it's like he's like oh my god where to go like fucking like boosted behind him with the sword and like stuff that was it was very cool yeah i'm gone with i'm a a unit two fan here i mean i love the unit one it was actually i think one of my first model kits that i built was the real grade Unit one, which is a hand grenade of a kit, but I still love the design. Uh, but the unit two is, uh, in my opinion, just it's just so cool to look at, and it, it looks like unlike yeah. anything else we've seen. The shield, like what the fuck, what's up with that? Like it's insane. So I'm excited to see. Also, why more does the shield it. have like a tickle point? On yeah, where's like, the <laughs> cooling system in the shield? How does that make sense? <laughs> and why does that make everyone start hallucinating? <laughs> But I guess that's next episode. Also, yeah. the feet on Unit Two, massive. Okay, oh, and we all know what that means. Feet. It's like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> I need to take a look at the feet of Unit Two again. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm surprised. I would be surprised if you can get a free picture of them online. I had to really uh, that's search. A, that's a, that, that's some big feet. Immediately going on Wiki feet, adding this one on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right all right with, with that with that we're gonna take a quick break we're all gonna go look at unit two's feet and then we'll be right back with more <laughs> you hardly know this is a christian right, podcast man. everyone all right welcome back um i want to talk about the opening song because episode one Ooh. didn't have it episode two does and i think i think we're, we're back into form here we we got a banger of a song alex oh yeah i think you want to say something what, what do you got it's two things uh-huh i'm gonna i want to i want to comment the song in a second the first okay. thing is we never ended how episode one ended which is super fucking cool just this dope standoff between the yeah. two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, mm-hmm. and right in the middle like, of it. We... Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I was imagine... expecting the battle to be over. Yeah, can you imagine waiting like a month or maybe two for the next episode? No, you, you <laughs> had the two discs. You had the two discs set at this. Yeah, they, point. they okay. came out like... back to back. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But like, just just the tension I had from the end of episode one, I could not hit next episode so fast. Oh, good point. Mm-hmm. Um, no, dude. Yeah, they I'm definitely. Glad, I'm glad they definitely. Because yeah, they definitely had the the, the Netflix uh, like the Stranger Things freaking cliffhanger thing just oh, yeah. right there. Because yeah. like when I watched it for the first time, it was one of those things where I looked at the at the VHS box and I'm like, there there better be another episode of this thing. Like, you, you cannot <laughs> yeah. leave me like this. And 
Oh my like, god, imagine someone at Blockbuster, like, not returning the second disc, but still putting it back <laughs> on the shelf. Like, that definitely <laughs> happened somewhere. <laughs> I don't, I don't I don't mean to age myself but see back in my day it wasn't a disc it was a VHS. Wow. <laughs> Get that VHS. Like I'm sorry our baby of the show. I don't think he knows what VHS yeah. while means. Av- while avoiding the black plague I wrote my dinosaur to blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, I I had the I had the VHS copy of Gundam Wing and for the longest time those were like it was only the first three episodes that I had seen because I could not find the second VHS anywhere. Like it was purchased from Suncoast and they did not have it a blockbuster. Our blockbuster didn't carry a lot of anime, I don't think. Like I remember seeing Akira, Ghost in the Shell, but there wasn't a ton else at our blockbuster in anime. I don't I don't remember. No, Georgetown Blockbuster was pretty limited. Yeah, I don't remember any anime being there. Yeah, I feel like we would have watched it, surely. Yeah, but who knows? Anyway, back to the opening song. Uh, song what? fucking slaps. Holy shit! Yeah, that was the other point I was gonna say. the fucking you know top gun vibes like just like a really nice beat just like really built it up and it just makes me want to like run through a wall like i i want to pilot something so badly snort a line of stardust memory and fucking run right through exactly. a wall go yeah i like yeah i don't like yeah i don't really know what my favorite opening song is, but this has to be up there. I feel like I say that every time with that we get another. Well, opening I song. think this opening song is so good. Can we have a quick like moment of silence for how sick the font is? <sighs> oh, the font is so good. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad we had yeah. a moment of silence for that. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that more with you. With you, fuckers. <laughs> All right. Yeah. He's he's starting to understand the power of his microphone. It's getting scary. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, the 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 theme, dude, the theme hits so damn hard, man. The theme like, hits, mm-hmm. and the I outro. mean, even even watching that was yeah. sick too. Yes, like I think music, like the 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 invi- like the the atmospherics of Double Eighty Three was like, dude, I need I need more of this. Like, yeah, we need more of that for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it, it it injects the testosterone in you so hard. <laughs> oh my god! 100%. Yeah, and it's like it also like uh, is, it definitely like gets away from like I don't know. We were like we love like that like Japanese city pop. Like I feel like we've been bringing up like that word a lot, but this is just yeah. so different from that. It's like it's like a it's like kind of more Western, but I don't really know a lot of Western music around that time. So like I don't know. I'd like to think that it's still pretty unique to like Gundam, but it, I think um, uh, also I think in the, the it credits the writer of the song. I I believe it's a, a more Western name, but that might have been for a different version or something. I'm not sure. Yeah, Her, the writer of the first theme is Miki 
Matsubara. Uh-huh. And it has the most fitting name for this being Top Gun Gundam, which is the winner. The winner, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it just everything about it works. It's yeah. that that eighties opulence, kind of like over the top energy, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, the outro is serving well, you straight up R and B vibes. Like I feel like I was getting a little mm-hmm. yeah. hot bothered. I think I was like, the yeah. the uh, the outro has a. Composer is much more rested name. That is Jacob Wheeler. Okay, yeah, that's Jacob the name Wheeler. that I had seen. Jacob yeah. Wheeler, not yeah. related, not related to uh, Ted. The mayor of Portland. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so not crazy. <laughs> the mayor of Portland's dad like started writing Gundam, and then his shithole son entered politics. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> so. <laughs> No need to bring that up, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah. I'm so good. sorry. It's all good. <laughs> sorry to bring up the real life, yeah. um, Portland specific politics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, hey, man, that regional stuff is hitting hard, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kills, man. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Um, I, there was also while we're talking about the music, they did. Uh, I really like it when they kind of add the theme in. Uh, to the like through the show i believe in episode three there's some really good moments where they thread the theme back in um and i I just love it like those moments i think they did that a good amount in double zeta and zeta like i just really love when they kind of have that thematic continuity with the music um yes but again like i can't talk enough about how good the music is in all of these shows like i mean we've yet to really have Besides the kind of shitty ripoff music from F91, I feel like every show hits pretty well with the music. Um, And I think that the vibe of this music is kind of a precursor to what we're going to get with Gundam Wing. I do feel like this show is like a good like view into what we're going to get in the future with Gundam Wing as far as some of the little details that happen with the music and animation. Um, but yeah, the, the music's awesome. Um, episode two, it opens with our main characters locked into combat and then in pursuit of the stolen unit two, uh, Ko and his friend Chuck Keith in South burning. And then of course, Dick Allen follow Gato to his extraction point, but the Xeon forces ambush them and they kill Dick Allen. Uh, Poor one out for our boy, Dick Allen. Uh, Dick, you you Dick just Allen. knew it. Yeah, you just knew that he was gonna die. Like you could just they tell. They couldn't keep a character around named Dick Allen. He was way too cocky <laughs> yeah. in the first episode to survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so true, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> what, as soon what as the think, battle started, there. What do you think? Um, like his best bud said at his eulogy. You know, what do you think uh, they said mm. about old Dick? Dick Allen's bucket in heaven now, bros. <laughs> and then they just throw the football. Remember, he has the, <laughs> he has the American football in his room. Yeah. He has the naked <laughs> jersey. He's yeah. totally a frat bro. A, yeah, I was going to say, like, frat, dude. Dick like, Allen's up there hitting home runs with Babe Ruth right now, baby. <laughs> Dick, Dick totally could have gone to college to play uh, ball. Like, he was so close to a D1 <laughs> scholarship so, so until that injury. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that damn injury you know when the robot he was in blew up <laughs> uh, we all knew dick was an excellent pilot but let's be honest he peaked in high school okay 
I mean, I mean, like watching that whole scene, freaking old old boy Allen, freaking in the power GM, just dogging on the two Zaku's. I'm like, dude, of course he's gonna kick their ass, man. What are you doing? Yeah, Dick Allen is not the smartest of the bunch. It, um, the way he died though was pretty. I feel like he he got done wrong. Like just like yeah, yeah. No, he didn't even have like a chance. That, no. Dude, it's like it's like nope, boom, boom. Like, ooh, yeah. shit. Ooh, damn. Yeah, you like you just knew like that he was gonna die because he was introduced just enough not to care about him, but also for his death to kind of matter. <laughs> Like, if Keith died, yeah. like, if Chuck Keith died, like, that would have been, like, really odd. But Dick Allen, you're like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like, he's in, he's kind of yeah, disposable, it, but... It tracks. Yeah, it definitely it's tracks. Kind of disposable. It's not It's not as bad as uh, that first character death in F91, which was totally unnecessary. Kevin. But, um... Dude. Oh, fucking Kevin. Dude, holy shit. Kevin. Dude, bullet oh, my God. Big, uh, I'm still, like, shocked at the big old bullet casing of the freaking head. Oh my yeah. like, god! Wow. Yeah, that like, from FND one. That to me, I'm like that. I, like I was like, dude, done. <laughs> that's the yeah. most gruesome death. I, I honestly think that that's the worst death, like in most of in most, if not all of Gundam, because everything it's else is a little obvious. A little, but dude, yeah. this woman was carrying a baby, and I she know. gets clocked in the head with a casing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there's anything that that that's, that symbolizes war more than that. Oh my yeah, god! That it's was like rude. collateral, yeah. collateral damage. Just like a bullet case, like that, that off the ground. That literally is like that is. If you want to talk collateral damage, that like yeah, done and done. The only and the worst thing was we had to deal with that damn baby for the rest of the fucking movie. That fucking baby. <laughs> I was gonna say the only other gruesome death that even comes to mind is uh, in zero zero seventy nine when Sharp point blank. Uh, RPGs that zombie uh, <laughs> character. Oh yeah. yeah, that was like pretty brutal. Casalia. Oh, and well, then yeah, uh, what's her faces? What's her faces? Death in seven seven zero nine was pretty, pretty brutal too. Also, so, wait, what was? Are you talking about Lala? No, the, what, the or, sorry, sorry. Um, no, um, uh, the one who jumps, who, she jumps out of the Gundam and just splats and then just shows her splatting oh, on the ground. Oh yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> that's like oh. from episode like. Like ten, yes. Yeah, I, like I remember the episode number. Yeah, but... I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember her name. Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, it's like very shocking. It's like, oh, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna see her body hit the ground. Yeah. That's or not I mean, what I want. Um, uh, Sicario's death, Soraka's death, and Zeta is pretty brutal too. <laughs> but that, but yes. that's like deserved. Yeah. That, that was deserved. Yeah, that was a satisfying death. Yeah. Yeah. Did I? Did I? I hate it. I hate a I'm like, fuck that guy. Like the yeah. minute I saw like, him, I'm like, I don't like him. I don't like you. <laughs> yeah he's he's pretty he two mid, like or yeah pretty two-dimensional yeah, yeah. he's not as anything a great as a villain yeah not the best especially like when you have char and haman i think is just such a cool villain so i don't know just Haman. Cool. <laughs> yeah um so uh gato awaits his uh his shuttle for extraction and ko is actually able to destroy this shuttle with the gundam uh, but that shuttle was a diversion, and Gato escapes on a submarine that is providing covering fire uh, during the Torrington base attack. Um, so, what do you guys think about the combat of this series so far? Uh, John, I'll let you go first. Again. So, 
the combat, I mean, it's so the all the you can see the, ta- the military tactics re- really done well. Like, hey, team A, group A, you go here, you guys go this way. We're gonna envelop. We're gonna use the terrain. Like, it's very, very. They had sound tactics in mind, and that's again, that's another thing I really liked about the series. But the what really kind of puts it to home is you begin to see the toll that it takes mm-hmm. on the just very early on, like. Dude, at the beginning, I think within the first five or ten minutes of the episode, um, after the after the missile shower and after uh, Anna Volgato throws some shade to Ko and leaves, he uh, yeah, Ko's like shooken, and mm-hmm. he had to like get shit like no pun intended get shaken back into 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 place by burning. Same thing's mm-hmm. going on here. Alan just got grenaded in the chest or rocketed in the chest, and he's like, oh shit, like, and it, it's it's a Pretty, pretty on, on point. You yeah. think Chuck Keen seems sick. pretty cavalier about the whole thing. He's like, oh, man. Well, what, it's what's so going to oh, get over uh, himself? Like, is Chuck not, is, is he not affected? <laughs> so to give no, you, he so definitely is. You, yeah. No, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, I was going to say, like, you saw that when uh, Alan died and Bernie and uh, Chuck was like, oh, I need to go back and get his body. And Bernie was like, mm-hmm. do you want to see what he looks like now? Yeah. Is he dead? Yes. <laughs> do you want him? like, yeah, we just drove down like, man, this is like that was yeah, like recognizing such a brutal how brutal conversation. Like, oh, we should go retrieve his body. It's like his body's in fucking like twenty pieces. Dude. Yeah, really yeah. Want to see that? that? Like, oh, deal with that? Guess not. Like, <laughs> let's let the yeah, other people deal with his body shit. out of the cockpit. <laughs> well, like, uh, so like in, it's kind of a thing that so you know I, I served I served for fourteen years and whatnot, but mm. so in. Uh, one thing that most veterans have in common is this disassociative humor. What people call it dark humor, but it's a mm-hmm. you disassociate and try to use it as a coping mechanism. And I don't know if it was purposeful or if it was just a thing, especially being how old it is. It, it, it but the fact that it's still a very very true behavior. Chuck mm-hmm. Keith is trying to kind of like you know just kind of laugh it off or try not to put it away for now and. Just drive on forward, and I'm like, dude, that's a very like real thing. Mm, like mm-hmm. that happens even today. There's some shit that I've seen that I'm like, you know, I try to like think about it in a different way or laugh it off because it's just that bad. Mm-hmm. And right. it's really cool. It's really interesting to see it in such an old show uh, that it's hey, this isn't we're not we didn't invent this. You know, this has happened before, right. and yeah. it's been a an ongoing coping mechanism. Is it interesting sure. being a, a veteran and watching an anti-war anime? And I, I realize that not all veterans are pro-war or excited about it, but is it interesting watching it through that lens? I think a lot of, I've noticed that a lot of veterans actually that, that do watch anime, because I'm not going to lie, I'm surprised at the amount of weebs that, that there are in the anime. <laughs> it's kind of great, actually. But... Uh, <laughs> Like, well, I mean, Veteran for example, Jerry, Gunpla University, he's a he's a he's mm-hmm. a Marine Corps vet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kuro Sama, he's currently in the Marine Corps. Um, my uh, myself, uh, a former Army, uh, I think uh, Gunpla Achieve, he's another content creator. He does a lot of stuff on Instagram. He's in the Air Force. Wow. Uh, but there is uh, this resonance mm-hmm. with uh, with Gundam, and it, and it's very much anti-war, but. It, it plays it in a way that it makes sense it's like, mm-hmm. to you. Like you're like you can see it because you you know you lived it. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, this makes perfect sense. And no, yeah, definitely. And 
uh, OFMS team and Double Eighty Three have do a good job of showing the uh, the not I want to say disillusionment, but uh, when when a soldier who believe who, who's just there is brand new and is very much I believe and I believe I believe, and then he's the veil is lifted, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and it's like oh shit, you know? It's like man, dude, I've I've been there, like, and I've seen it happen to others, mm. and. It's like, oh my god, like that's that's wild. The that's captain's awesome. experience. Yeah. That's that's interesting to hear from that perspective. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. wild to come because it's like I don't I, obviously we could do more research into the writers and to Tomino's experience, but it's just like how how are they able to pull so much accuracy in the show and also like obviously Japan had gone through so much you know, post-war mm-hmm. and, you know, there had to have been a certain amount of discussion about war's effect on people, but like, it's not even that. It's just like, ev- like a lot of the show really resonates correctly and with like a lot of different things with climate change and, um, you know, the toll of human life on the earth and then everything about war and, you know, occupying different territories. I just think that like, it, it's insane how much, these different shows are able to capture a bit of reality in their own little world um, that they, that they live in. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, the, the brute, like the, the more kind of brutal death and disillusionment and stuff has really started to come through in these most recent, like this most recent era that we've been in from basically from Shars counterattack to here, it seems that things have been more like heavy handed. Whereas like, especially with the battle and a lot of the, the the combat that would happen in 79 Zeta and double Zeta, it's not like we were losing a lot of lives. Um, and we, we lose a life here or there, but I mean, really since war in the pocket and Shars counterattack, it, it seems to be more like brutal and scary. The combat, in my opinion, and I think that, that yeah, it's true like moving away from like, it's moving away from interesting choreography to like, you know, a realistic, like tactics and honestly like for yeah. the animators and stuff like that's on that that's a lot easier to kind of you know replicate if you don't want to you know mm-hmm. make these you know incredibly intricate space battles and everything it's like okay what if we like focused more on you know just like the up close decisions that people are making because you yeah. know it's i mean that is to me like just as interesting as any sort of like acrobatics that like and even this sure. fight like they don't even fly in it like you know it's mm-hmm. not like a big space battle it's literally just like a fucking like call of duty map that they're on like it's a very just like you know i guess that's australia i forget that this all takes place in australia yeah. that's also wild <laughs> fucking fascinating oh, one of my favorite one of my favorite aspects ahead, of the, the world building or at least with the technologies that burning had them uh, pull up like a tactics map with this like little yeah like, scanner gun yeah and they were able to like strategize right then and there like well we respect the enemy do this in oh this my, situation that was like <clears throat> my favorite animation of just like how the mouse cursor moved yeah. like a mouse yeah. cursor and so not cool. like, yeah. like it was like it looked like it was like I, i'm like looking at my mouse cursor right now on my screen and i'm like that's what it looked like, like <laughs> I'm I in a gun it was very cool. <laughs> like, dude you're just like on ms paint but like uh 
Shoot, even not not to not to go all the way back, but I mean, even the first episode, whenever they're like, whenever Nina's looking at the at the ocean, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, it's a beautiful ocean," and, and then a uh, homeboy in the back, you know, which I relegate him as probably like the guy with dark humor. He's like, "Oh yeah. no, yeah, we're over Sydney." It's like, "Oh, yeah. this is where the colony hit." Yeah, bro, you're you're dead center in the crater. Oh mm-hmm. my god! And then she's like, uh, she you know more like mortified and everybody's like oh yeah yeah, yeah that's, 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 beautiful yeah. view and, like, and, 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 I, and i'm over here like it's fucking genius dude because i'm not gonna lie yeah. if i was in the same boots if i was in the same shoes i would have said the same shit i would have been like yeah oh yeah man yeah cindy used to be right there yeah, yeah mm-hmm. whatever <laughs> she's all like what the fuck yeah she's like so shocked by it um one thing I do want to say about the combat that I really liked, and this is kind of actually jumping ahead to episode three a little bit, but um, and there, there's the same emphasis in 8th MS team, I think, where there's like an emphasis on how heavy the mobile suits are and kind of like the the balance of them on Earth and how like the, the ground can kind of shift beneath them and how the mobile suits kind of interact with, with the uh, environment they're around. And I love that kind of like more realism of how heavy these pieces of machinery would be. Mm-hmm. Because like in, mm-hmm. in real life physics, they they actually cannot make one like at all. Like yeah. they, they wanted to do that with the most recent one, but they can't. They can't make one freestand because the weight is too much to be held up by like our actual metals. Um, and so I love that kind of more realistic. Like you see the footprints, you can see them kind of shifting on the earth because they're so heavy. Um, and then uh, just kind of how they interact. And I think that that works really well in this and then as well in 8th MS team. Um, but I wanted to continue a little bit about this episode. Um, so one of the things that's interesting about this episode is that during the whole episode, we have Nina Purpleton and uh, Mora. They're in pursuit of the Gundams the whole time. They're just like driving around in a Jeep. What, what did they think they were going to do? Like what? What was the point of that? Like if they when they caught like what what were they what were they trying to do with with their whole pursuit? I, I didn't really understand what was well, going I think, on. I did think Mora was there because Nina Nina would have gone on her own if Mora wasn't there to be the big sister. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But like when yeah. Nina finally did catch them, all she said was like, "Bring back the second mobile suit for me." <laughs> and like, oh it's my like, god! Oh. Thanks for clearing that up. I'm glad you drove all the way out here to tell me in person. That um, wasn't what I was already trying to do. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, she's the one that, like, developed them all. Like, I'm sure yeah. if... I mean, I, I, I guess there's not, like, a one-to-one real-life uh, metaphor. I was going to say, like, when Steve Jobs made the Apple computer, like, he, <laughs> he followed the person home who, like, got the first one and just was like, I just wanted to see what you are going to do with it. Like, but... He was every yeah, day yeah, like, uh... He wanted to see the <laughs> She wants to know the performance of the backpack, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so interested in it um so that's all i had for episode two uh episode three into battle albion or as i like to call it gundam paintball um gundam paintball <laughs> yes <laughs> um it in uh one of the notes i have uh which i kind of already uh talked about was how much that this show kind of does remind me of gundam wing um especially the narration at the beginning because that's something that like 
Gundam Wing is more of that like classic anime where they truly tell you all of the story at the beginning of each episode. And I feel like this kind of does that similar thing where it's like a, the a narration was very poetic. Yeah, no, it's great. I love it. Um, but this episode opens up with the fallout and destruction from the previous battle. Um, and I think this does some of the best world building uh, of Gundam. So like the, the whole opening sequence is just a lot of shots of like the consequences of the battle. There's a lot of like people being tended to and you know dead bodies and destruction um and it's pretty like pretty brutal scenes and also like really well drawn and i think that like again it's just like more of the basis of the the reality of the show versus more of the Mm -hmm. the cartoony aspects of zeta or double zeta it looked like the way they Um, also set it up it looked like a realistic kind of disaster response kind of situation where the hospital was destroyed so they had the all the med tents set up outside that was interesting to see, you know. <clears throat> yeah, because yeah, you had yeah you had them triaging, you had them responding to people, and you can I, I think if you listen or know close enough to the to the audio, you can see them prioritizing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and there wasn't this like whenever Ko uh, came back in the Gundam and he's you know looking at the damage, there wasn't this like pause of hey clap for the returning heroes. It was like he's just. Mm-hmm another bystander or another uh you know even though he didn't have any physical wounds you know you know the mental shock of of, you know battle he's one of the casualties so it's just like uh it it was pretty heavy i mean but it's again double everything does a really good job of that for yeah yeah i just think remember one of like when they're kind of like just showing all the people having one of the people in the village like a few seconds they're holding up a cigarette to someone you Clearly could yes. Yeah. Oh, that was shot. such a cool Damn. detail. Oh, I'm yeah. glad you said that because I wanted I was uh, eating pizza and I wasn't taking notes, uh, but that was so cool. And I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up. That was like such a cool little drawing that they did. Like that little animation was so sick. Um, at the beginning of this episode, the Albion is given a mission to repair and then go after and capture the Unit Two, which was stolen by Gato. Um, and we are introduced to three new pilots who used to serve with Lieutenant Burning during the One Year War. Uh, they call themselves the Immortal uh, Fourth uh, MS Team. There's Chap Adel, Alpha A Bait, and Bernard Mancha. Um, and Lieutenant Mancha is the asshole character. Uh, he was definitely friends with Slegger Law during the One Year War, hundred yeah. percent. Like those guys are cut from the <laughs> oh, same yeah. cloth. No. Uh, but I looked I up. It. I looked up on uh, the gundam fandom wikipedia page a description of uh lieutenant mantra and this is this is the description of him (laughs) written by a fan (laughs) there are four (laughs) words which accurately describe bernard mantra's personality arrogant jerk womanizer and drunk the man takes great interest in attempting to woo and peep on any woman that meets his standards when not on duty he's often seen with a bottle of liquor he openly ridicules the other Earth Federation personnel unless they were searchers who fought with him during the One Year War, and that's Lieutenant okay. Mantra. <laughs> here's my. Yeah, here's... I was gonna... Go ahead, Alex. Oh, so I was gonna have a not okay with Alex moment. <laughs> it's okay. It's not okay. It isn't. And I decided it's not okay with Alex. It's his entire character. <laughs> like, okay, so the Earth Federation has like extensive an extensive like nuclear weapons research department, a pretty mm. like fleshed out military. 
um like we see on like earth uh they you know have like ways to like run like local government and stuff but like the one thing that they seem to be missing is like a human resources department this entire fucking series <laughs> I was gonna say, Dude. speaking of womanizers, I really like peace interactions with uh, <laughs> with Nina when he's like, "I want to get to you," and then and then he's like, "He's not, he's not into you," and he goes, "Yeah, I know. Let's go drink my sorrows <laughs> yeah, away." Just like, yeah. He admits like, that yeah. he admits that it's over, and like, all right, that, that is how hands you deal with rejection. Cool. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, Keith through the battle is over Forget. before it started. My first, my first interaction with Keith was like, "Fuck this dude," and I was like, "You know what?" No, I like it. He, he handles the rejection place. in the best way think, possible. Yeah, Come on, yeah, dude, yeah. Let's Keith, go get drunk instead. Think- Keith is a great. Keith is a really good character, man. Like he, uh, he's definitely like the friend through thick and thin. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I really yeah. thought. I mean, I never, I never didn't like him. Like whenever he started, I was like, this guy's fun. Okay, you know what? I'll pay attention to this guy. Yeah. Mancha, on the other hand, that dude, I man, it's like one of those guys where like I love to hate. I'm like, man, this guy's a douchebag. Matter of fact, in my notes. Legitimately wrote, uh, uh, total dick measuring. Mancha is the biggest douche in gunning. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what I wrote. Hundred yeah. percent. And, uh, yeah. and then, whenever, whatever yeah, you were going on about uh, like that little paragraph, I wrote. I'm like, huh, I recognize this guy's voice actor. This hurts me to my heart. But the guy that does the voice for Mancha is the same guy that does the voice for Zex. Oh, so, really? That's wild. I'm like. I'm like, wow, dude! What a great range! What a great range! You can play an <laughs> asshole real well, and then you can play this. Uh, yeah, uh, wow, yeah. Sorry, tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Zex is such a good character and a much better character than Mantra. So best, I didn't even best shark clone, dude. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I got my other spicy take of the episode. Okay. Um, Alpha better looking than Shar, hundred percent. Right now, he's my fanboy. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. I, I I as of now I'm gonna put Alpha above Char. Okay. I, I gotta establish not liking Char. But I like know. the sideburns and the yeah, ponytail. I mean, Alpha, that's a good look. Alpha yeah. is very handsome. Uh, dude, um, like, uh, yeah, man. Uh, because you, you said that I was a Char apologist, dude. I, I I think Char. I mean, I guess he I guess he had motivation, but Gato just wants to get shit done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but Gato's super freaking cocky because mm-hmm. old 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 freaking noob Maverick stabs this massive ass shield, doom, and then now he yeah. can't now, now he can't play. So it's yeah. like I think I don't know a little bit we, of a prima donna. Go ahead, Christian. But, Definitely prima donna. But he's like he's one of those guys you can tell that he's like once he's got a hold of something he can't let go. Like he can't let go of the war. Like he's mm-hmm. been. Holding on so long, you know, for this revenge, you know, obviously. Yeah. So, I mean, I, yeah. To go back to Shar, I think I think Alex Alex has their opinion of Shar pretty locked down. But I'm kind of saving my final take on Shar until we get to the origin, because I feel like that can be like an expansion on his character a little bit, which like might help or hurt how much I dis mm-hmm. or do not like Shar. I mean, it's just like I'm interested to know. hear what you have to say at the end of Origin. Yeah, I, I yeah, I watched the first episode before we started this podcast and uh, found it interesting. But um, yeah, I just don't how Shar's character was left off with Shar's counterattack is why 
I'm so disappointed. But throughout Zeta and Double and Zero Seventy Nine, I thought a, a very cool character. But we'll see. I'll, I'm saving my opinion. Um, speaking of characters, uh, Lieutenant Burning. I, I'm loving Lieutenant Burning. He gives me strong Steiner Hardy and strong Rumbaral vibes. Yeah, it's just like I feel like I, I, just, I, like, I was. Yes. I want to get behind this guy. Like he's he's like if if he was like my manager at like a Burger King. Like I feel like we'd be yeah, the best yeah, Burger yeah. King. Like just hands down. <laughs> if if Rumbaral would used to put whiskey in his coffee, he would be burning. Hundo exactly. There you go. And Burning yeah. doesn't have a beautiful, beautiful wife to distract him, so he's just like all about his boys. All about his boys. He's yeah. like the reliable like he... father figure that we all kind of wish we had, you know, or you know, mm-hmm. exactly. one of them. Christian, we don't have enough time to go into this. Come on, this is therapy session. Sorry. Instead of doing the final wrap up, we're just gonna unpack all of our trauma. Don't listen. like burning. Burning is definitely like a really good character. I, I yeah, like, and I like the fact that it's not a. Because you have two like him, because Captain Synapse mm-hmm. uh, starts showing a little bit of the same type of uh, counseling counseling uh, ability that Burning has, except Burning has one way of doing it, Synapse is another way of doing it. So yeah. both those two, in in my opinion, are some of the coolest senior characters in, in an OVA, because you can really see that they're, they're really there for them. Like, it's not a, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, they'll figure it out. Yeah. Which is like it's kind of weird because a lot of like the other characters I mentioned, Steiner, Hardy, and Rumbaral, are their Zeon characters. And I feel like the Federation typically is shown in such a poor regard to their like to their officers, like they're because like even Bright, yeah. like mm-hmm. Bright, kind of sucks. Like he yeah. he's not he doesn't seem like a good like he's not a good manager leader. or leader. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's like I think it helps that we. Have commanders who are actually adults. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is an incredible as point. As Bright sucks. Bright was also nineteen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even in yeah, but even in Char's counterattack, Alex. Like, I don't know if you've watched it yet, but Bright's like still oh. like he's not. I don't know. He d- doesn't seem to be that like like locked into being a leader. He and, has the I mean, makings. His son. He has the makings of being a great leader, but is just like yeah. so reluctant about it. You know, because I guess he's all these things are foisted mm-hmm. on him. So, um, but yeah, no, Bright just isn't the best leader he could be. You know, yeah, no, yeah. Well, like, uh, and not to get ahead of myself, but in uh, in Unicorn, uh, Bright really, like, re- like you can really see like him as a true leader, and mm-hmm. it, uh, it. So you'll you'll see him having like evolved or. Yeah. Kind of grown into the shoes that he's supposed to be, but I mean, even in even in Shar's counterattack, it was kind of because the whole movie. I, I think, like, and you guys hit it on the nail. The pacing of it was kind of odd, mm. and you know, a character like Bright, he's a you know he's the commander of Londo Bell. He's trying to move forces here and there. Oh, by the way, they the Earth Federation just sold this asteroid. You're like, ah, oh, shit. Okay, well, <laughs> you know. I gotta stop this asteroid. It, it, it seemed very. I don't think there was much he could do. Yeah, exactly. He was, yeah. had a lot of impossible situations he was in the middle of. Like, 
if he were to have been, I think, uh, which is a good thing that they didn't uh, include him in this in this story, because had Bright been in 0083, I think it would have been a very, he would have probably mm-hmm. solved it a lot quicker and more effective. And then here's a different commander who's never had to deal with Gundam-type units or special circumstances or anything like that. This guy is just a traditional military leader, not a yeah, a leader in circumstance, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's interesting to to have I don't know these commanders that seem a little bit more like in charge of what they're doing. Where yeah, it did seem like all of all of zero zero seventy nine Zeta and double Zeta. Bright's kind of like behind the play, like he's just like kind of trying to catch up. And there, it also seems like they're it's always reacting. Like, yeah, there's always yeah, they're always reacting. Yeah, they're never like planning or or something like that. So, um, no, no, just a, a different vibe. Uh, so Mantra challenges Ko to a first shot mobile suit duel to see who's the better pilot and who deserves to pilot the unit one. Um, and then. So, am I correct in saying that this is a paintball fight, basically? Oh, yeah. This is, this yes. Is, okay. Yes. Paintball cool. fight. Because I was cool like, I, I thought that it was paintball, but then, like, neither of them got hit. So then I was like, I never, like, got it confirmed. And I was like, did I just imagine this was paintball? It's definitely paintball. No, no, no. no, no it's no, so no, no. cool. I think the fact that, I think the fact that Ko had a gun painted, like, face directly at. Yeah. Mancha, I was like, okay, I could fire Dude, the gun, but I wanted this is officially over. So bad. So, into the I really so did too. satisfying yes. to yeah. paint just like oh, oh splat. I was yeah. actually pissed. Yeah. I wasn't mad. Actually, was actually hate the show. <laughs> oh wait, actually, wait. Actually, I hate this. <laughs> actually, I gotta go. Actually, actually, I just really like paintball. I don't think I'm gonna go start a paintball podcast. <laughs> Dude, this is a paintball <laughs> anime. <laughs> Ko wins the match, uh, and Burning intervenes, and he, uh, classic, classic Gundam thing. He sends both of the pilots to the brig. Oh. We're back, baby. Yes. Gundam <laughs> is back. Full force. Home main storyline. We're putting our protagonists in the brig. That was, that was the, the only brig. thing we were missing so far think... was the view of the brig. And we got it. And we should have been able to breathe. The name of the podcast to <laughs> Tales from the Brig. That's really what it should be called. Yeah. <laughs> Live, laugh, brig. Live, laugh, brig. <laughs> Don't um, talk to me before I fit in the brig. <laughs> but can you really even be an ace pilot if you haven't yeah, been to the brig? Are you really ace? Absolutely no, exactly. not. Yeah, you it's pick so up important. some sort of like. You get you get like a a, a come to Jesus moment when you're in the brig. I was on the brig for a fucking minute. Solitary confinement for like what, like two weeks? They said it was a week. A week. Yeah, a week. That's yeah. cruel and yeah. unusual. Yeah. Of... So I really appreciate it that both of them got the same punishment yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. It's it's character That's... building. We'll we'll see how that pays off in the next episode. I think maybe it'll bring I them mean, together. I don't, uh, dude. Like <laughs> Ma- Mancha, dude. Mancha's a piece of work, man. <laughs> Oh no, we left Mancha in the brig for the entire series. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. We forgot to give Mancha food or water. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh that wraps up the three episodes and uh let's go let's go around uh and tell uh what our impressions are of the show so far and our thoughts on the first three episodes. Let's start with Christian. This has the makings of a great uh, addition to the franchise. And like 
I'm going to let this one breathe a little bit because, uh, you know, I like to immediately be like, oh, I love this or like, ah, you know, so I'm kind of withholding an immediate judgment. But so far, uh, I'm not disappointed one bit. Totally. Is there um, anything that we missed uh, that you wanted to bring up uh, for this episode? No, I think we about got it. Uh, yeah. Cool. Good episode. Uh, Simon, what are, what are your th- your final thoughts here on uh, the first three episodes? Um, did I did we miss anything? Anything else you wanted to bring up? I just want a, another appreciation for the font. I think the font goes so hard. I want to tattoo the font across my chest. And I still wanted to just say Stardust Memory. <laughs> that would be so cool. That would be cool. Or just like, whoa, no, 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 no. What about like, like a tram stamp like right above my butt that says Ooh. Stardust Memory? That would look yes. so cool. Hey, 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 I got I got a proposal for you, Simon. All right, all right. But if you, one of us gets Stardust, and <laughs> yeah. one of us gets Memories, we oh, have oh, yeah. Dude, now. like Stardust <laughs> Memories. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, the font goes so hard. If you're listening to this, um, which you are, because this is an audio medium, please Google a Stardust Memory logo. It looks so cool. Um, I don't know. I really... This is like how TV shows are supposed to be in my brain. Like... Mm-hmm pacing wise so it just like i mean i told you earlier like i to be completely honest my attention is like fucked like i can pay attention to something for like 15 seconds before i'm thinking about something else and like the previous movies i like found myself just like you know looking at my phone Mm. or like starting like clean up around the house like watching i was getting like antsy because i couldn't focus on something but this i um like uninterrupted just like watched it all and also like three episodes is like a really good amount for like a week because like Mm -hmm. each of them is like very special in its own way um so yeah i'm like this has been like my favorite opening since like double zeta i think or my favorite like beginning of a series since double zeta i think Mm -hmm. like more than war in the pocket more than f91 um so yeah i'm really liking it so far awesome um let's do alex alex what do you think of it so far and anything did we miss anything you want to bring up anything you want to say to make me feel uncomfortable uh i think i got all the hot takes out (laughs) i do want to just say this show is so beautiful yes we haven't really harped yet on how beautiful this show really is and i was like i kind of was watching it like i paused it after like the first five minutes like damn this is beautiful yeah and it was just—it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It is. I agree with Simon. It's just like it captivates me in a way that a lot of Gundam series haven't. Mm-hmm. Like I like all—I like Gundam a lot, but this one was just super cool. And I, I had the realism too. I think that's mm-hmm. one of the big things that kind of caught me. It's like, oh wow, way more gritty, way more like the consequences are there and felt way stronger than you have seen in a long time. Totally. And yeah, pacing. I like the pacing. I like that it's. I know that it's short, so there isn't a lot of time to kind of hang on plot points, but it doesn't feel like they're rushing. The one thing I now. forgot to mention yeah. was like totally. how jarring it was to go back to the traditional cockpit as opposed to the 360 cockpit. That like, oh, it didn't, yeah. it didn't bother me necessarily, <laughs> but it was kind of like, ah, like the visibility felt so claustrophobic for the pilots watching the show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I kind of prefer it, to be honest. I prefer the classic cockpit. I think because, uh, yeah. I think the best cockpit show is 8th MS Team, and that's traditional style. 
And I think that, like, I don't know, there's just more personality. It just feels more mm. like you're piloting something. Right. As opposed to, like, the, the Gundam embodying the person. Right. Which, like, the 360 yeah. monitor kind of kind of feels like. It's just, it's different, but I don't know. I think just going back to it, it felt good. I was going to say, two of the things that we didn't mention that I wanted to bring up was the, uh, the fist bump between <laughs> yeah. Chuck and Co. When they were, like, after the first battle. <laughs> that was just, like, epitome of friends bump. right there. Also, just Chuck's, Chuck's fighting <laughs> with, his, with the Zaku head get chopped <laughs> off. And it's just, like, flailing around still surviving. Like, that was super cool and just Jack hilarious. Jack held his own, man. Jack he gets that. And also, I just... Yeah. And I just... And I love the interaction between Synapse and Burning. When mm-hmm. he's like, I want you to be the captain, the commander. Yeah. Like, I can pick anyone. It's like, it's oh, up you to you. Jack. Yeah. Like, I love that. The, the very obvious foreshadowing that Ko is going to be the pilot oh, yeah. of GP1. But just, I love that interaction. And, like, you do it. Like, neither of them, all I want to say, we trust Oroki more than any of our veterans, but mm-hmm. exactly what they're saying. Totally. All right, and uh, Jan, give us your uh, thoughts rewatching the first three episodes, and then I think we talked about maybe having you come back on to talk about your, your final thoughts near the end of the season. But uh, for now, your your thoughts on the first three episodes. And honestly, as as an OVA, very few come on this strong. Like, and, and strong as in it, it, it's solid. It's a very good narrative. It's you know this picks up right where this one left off and then the next one so and so on and so forth and it is very uh seamless uh beautiful show i mean the animation yes 100 percent, dude the 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 thing that the where it really gets me is when ko like just does the jump over gpo2 flips and then lands in front of gpo2 pulls out the beam saber just yeah. like ready to go that shot i'm like yes. i remember when i was a kid i was like that's sick. I don't give a shit mm-hmm. how many backflips Troll Barton's heavy arms does. That's backflips because <laughs> because you've seen because like 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 you guys said earlier, this show did a really good job establishing how heavy and how mm-hmm. massive and dense these mobile suits are. So to me, that's more impressive than heavy arms doing a triple axle from five thousand yeah. feet. So mm-hmm. it uh it really just like it just. Looks beautiful. The, the music is great. The atmospherics is awesome. The, the character building is just, I think it's second to none. When it, but so, I think OHMS seems the only show mm. that could mm-hmm. eclipse this one when it comes to character development because it really just puts the building blocks right there. And yeah, yeah. Dude, and, and Alex, you nailed the head on the, 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 you hit it on the nail, man. Burning and Synapse, their relationship and the way that they. One as the mobile suit team, the mobile suit commander, and the other one as the the ship, the captain of the ship. Their relationship is very, very on par and very linear, and it's mm-hmm. very. You see that advisement back going back and forth. Mm-hmm. It's great. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah. I could geek out about yeah. the show forever. <laughs> yeah, I think you all, you all, all pretty much summed up how I feel about it pretty well. The one thing that like it just kind of hit me is. I feel like this is one of the the first entries we have where um, there's not a lot of subtext about like how complicated our our main characters are or like how like the good guys are still kind mm-hmm. of the bad guys. Like it seems like our good guys are good guys, like and our bad guys <laughs> a bad guy. And it's kind of like kind of yeah. refreshing to just be like this isn't a story about the inefficiencies of the Federation and like how 
you know, fucked up the system is. And it's just like the the commander's pretty sick and he's like cool. And then his guy, like his boss is pretty cool too. And like our main character isn't like really whining that much. Like he's just kind of like cool hang. And then Keith is just kind of like fist bumping him. And it's just like, I don't know. It just has a good vibe to it so far. And I, I like really found myself rooting for the Federation more wholeheartedly than I have like rooted for our main character in previous entries. Yeah. Uh, when you were kind of talking about how like the, no, go ahead, go ahead, Alex. I was gonna say, Michael, when you were kind of talking about the uh, how like the good guys are the good guys and the bad guys are the bad guys, and they do a good job showing that. It made mm-hmm. me remember the scene when Gato and Ko are fighting, and he's like, "Do you even know what you're <laughs> yeah. fighting for? We're fighting for freedom." I thought yeah. that was like a really interesting kind of like because you don't really see the resolution what Ko really thinks about that because he's. And then Gato also says to him at one point, like, he says something, like, inspirational to, like, Ko responding, and he's like, but I'm the enemy! (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, Ko responds, like, "Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, because he he tells him, uh, if you want to be more than just a grunt, you got to be able to see the whole picture. He's like, "Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. But like uh, the 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 fist bump was very reminiscent of uh, like dude in Top Gun man when they when they get out of the plane and they're coming back from that from that sortie and he's like I feel the need and he, yeah. they, they do that the big high five like that is it that reminded me that the fist bump was a low key reminder of that it's again all these little aspects of pop culture and injected into 0083. I, I really like to me honestly 0083 is the one you can. Chuck out there for anybody that and the Wayne's team is the one you can throw out. Hey, if you want a short story that you can really appreciate, really love, just watch it, and and then right. from there start branching out to the more niche niche. Because uh, I'm not gonna lie, dude, Zeta was one that I had to kind of like push mm. myself to watch. It's kind of like uh, like if you want to get into Doctor Who, you gotta push yourself through the first series, oh, and yeah. then it gets better. Nothing against Christopher Eccleston, but. Yeah, it's just you not know, get, not as easy to watch. <laughs> yeah, you, you mm-hmm. gotta get. Through, it's like I promise you, it gets better. You gotta get through it, and then all your yeah, faith totally. will be rewarded when when Capaldi shows up. <laughs> I'm a big Capaldi. I love um, that dude. Anyway, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think what what I'm kind of finding out is that like these these OVAs are just gonna be the, like the crown yeah. jewels. I think of the series uh, or the franchise. I mean, like I feel like we're not. I don't know. War in the Pocket was so good, and I mean, I love War in the Pocket a lot. So, like, if this is gonna be better than that, like, or like up there with that, that's just like I don't know. That's just more really amazing storytelling within the franchise. So, and then yeah, Eighth MS Team I've already seen a couple of times, and it has a really special place in my heart. So, something I'm really looking forward to talking about. But the, these OVAs in this era just seem to be hitting different than the series do. Although I, I I am excited to jump into another series at some point, so you know, it's just like kind of nice how varying each of each of the medium is for mm. storytelling. But um, for now, I'm just excited to be watching this show, and I'm excited to keep watching it with my friends. Um, yeah. Any anything else you always want to talk about before we close it out? Yes, I do. Anyone remember where we put this on our ranking list? I do not. I. Uh, Remember, we, I'm really curious to see. We were early adopters of how sick the name Stardust Memory was. Like, yeah, I, 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 think, yeah, I, 
I'm just thinking, like, did we, I think did we, we made make a almost, good call back then? I think we made almost identical jokes during that episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> it sounded like no. weed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I well, think I... that exact joke was made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it was funny then it's funny now i think i think we more talked about it being like a midwest emo album was uh more of the vibe that also sounds right (laughs) so but uh i think uh we'll we'll come back we'll come back to that on our wrap-up episode because i do have that saved somewhere so um Mm -hmm. like like always on the wrap-up episode we'll, we'll compare and contrast our where we actually would rank it versus what we initially said which I think, to be honest, we've been pretty spot on with those rankings minus double Zeta. I think we we really fucked that up. Yeah, um, yeah, we dropped the ball. Yeah, that what, hard. What, what, yeah, how do you feel that... about double Zeta? And I, uh, I've watched it. I haven't watched the whole thing. I've actually watched a little like here and there because it just didn't. It's one of those things where I try to watch it and it just doesn't doesn't grab you hook me enough. Mm. It's like a, a great example is uh, I know you guys aren't this far ahead, but I mean like uh, Gundam Seed. I I can't watch it more than a few episodes at a time because it's just not. It doesn't give me the anchor that I or the it doesn't hook mm-hmm. me in. Now like Double O, having watched Gundam Wing, and then I watched Double O, it really really resonates mm-hmm. because it's. Yeah. I say Gundam Double O is the modern is a more modern version of Gundam Wing. It's very similar. Hundred percent. No, that is in the closest statement it, for Double O. In my in my opinion, it's what Gundam Wing could have been. Mm. Uh, had it had a little more, I don't know, had it been massaged a little more. But uh, but no, it's the, it, it, yeah. Double Zeta was. I, I know it's necessary, but I think Double Zeta Double Zeta was hurt a lot by uh, Shar's counterattack. Mm-hmm. And in, in the same thing could be said in the inverse. Uh, there were things in Shara's counterattack that were missing. That I guess it did, they didn't even get explained in Double Zeta. Like, hey, yeah. Shar is my friend. To like, hey, Shar wants to chuck an asteroid to Earth. What the? What the fuck? What <laughs> now I know I know there's a publication that says it, but it's still this. Uh, you know, you're you're still like, oh, what the hell? Yeah, for sure. I think yeah, Double Zeta's. Uh, we we all thought it was way better than the the consensus, but uh, I don't know. I think you have to get through the first the the first ten Those episodes first to really 10 enjoy, yeah. because yeah, it, it's the building block at which the the darkness shows through a little bit more because of all of the campy light humor. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely not people's uh, favorite, unfortunately. But we, we love it here on the Gundam I Hardly Known podcast. We we love one thing, and that is Double Zeta. Um, like, dude, like I watched at the end of Zeta. I'm, I'm like, oh my god, this is depressing, right? Like when yeah. I watched the last episode oh, of Zeta, god. I was like, I was like, is this it? And I look at the file name. I'm like, oh my god, this is how the series ends. This yeah. is stupid, sad for real. <laughs> I know because we went we jumped straight from that into Double Zeta. I think that's part of why I love Double Zeta so. So much personally is because Zeta was so fucking mm. depressing, and then we got some comedy at the beginning of Double Zeta. I was like, oh, thank God, <laughs> I needed that." Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, and then like Double Zeta in its own right is pretty, I don't know, pretty depressing in some moments. So yeah, yeah. I think it, it, yeah. But it's just that it's that dynamics that I thought worked really well. Um, 
but anyway, I think we should wrap it up there. Um, Jan, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And it will not be the last time. I know that we talked about uh, coming on to wrap up this season. And I think that would be a really great idea. So um, we'll come back then and talk some more. Um, Until then, yeah, uh, everyone needs to get over to your YouTube channel, of course, and subscribe. Um, And then Instagram. uh, Is it just at the Gumpla Stop on uh, both platforms? It's it's actually at the underscore gumpla underscore stop okay okay yeah perfect so everybody get over there follow subscribe ring that bell hit the thumbs up button or or however you you follow people on stuff um we really appreciate you coming by christian thank you so much for speaking with me today alex i really appreciate your return to the show that was great Um, it was so happy to be back yeah yeah (laughs) Nobody was delivering the spicy takes. Like it, it was just. Hopefully, it was really we can difficult. still be friends Wait, after my Sayla comments. <laughs> it was missing. You just sent us to the next level. <laughs> um, every, uh, listeners, thank you so much for listening. DJ RX seventy eight, thank you so much for letting us use your music for the show. Um, until next time, be good and love each other, and don't. And remember, now that I'm back. I want pictures of burning cop cars. Exactly. Oh, yep, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.